Calm down. Your boy's back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a Taz show. Welcome, everybody. Hope everybody's doing good. Thank you. Thank you, jobbers, for downloading this episode at radio.com. Or maybe you're downloading that at radio.com app, which is options. Or maybe you're doing it at Apple Podcasts. Wherever you're doing it, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for the love and the support of all the past shows, the current shows, the future shows. And whatever the hell else you're doing with yourself, uh, you know, whatever. It's great. Everything's great. How about that? Okay? So I'm very happy for you. I'm very proud of everybody. That's awesome. Uh, welcome to Tasha. And um, it's going to be a good one right here. It's going to be, we're going to do a little throwback Jones on this episode here. It's a double whammy banger gimmick schnabitz Burnham Burnham, as we call it. So we're going to have, it's an, jeez, uh, we're going way back, dude. This is old school Tasha. We're going all the way back to february 27th which is a friday 2015 kids this was episode 11 how about that episode 11 samoa joe was my guest this was when samoa joe if memory serves me correct because i haven't heard this show since i recorded it i did it live this was when joe left tna and i caught some heat for tweeting in support about Joe when the company decided that they were going to, whatever they did, part ways and Joe part of ways with them or whatever the fuck happened. But we also, uh, I also, I should say, I also got into thoughts on uh, Rey Mysterio. And there's a Taz tale in here that you get, remember guys, remember Taz tale? I'll give you a little Taz, a little story, a little gimmick. That's in this too, in this episode. This is going to be a really good throwback going all the way back to episode 11. Now, mind you, what are we at the frigger we at here? We're like well deep into deep in the woods of 600 City. So we're, that means we are deep, 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 deep. So we're over 600, and uh, and this was episode 11, bitches. I mean, come on. Are you kidding? Are you ribbing? Are you joking? Are you serious? Are you nuts? Really? It's crazy. So it's um uh, actually, this is episode that we're doing right now. I had to look at my schnabitz on the gimmick. Uh, 620 as they call it uh, and by the way it's funny that this is episode 620 but on the on the last episode um on the last episode of the tad show i had mike johnson back on the show my man from pw insider michael joined me again soon and that was episode 619 truth be told i wanted to have ray mysterio on as a guest episode 619 how about that shit but it didn't happen. I had Mike Johnson. I love Mike, but he's no Ray. But here's the deal. Ray's with WWE. And, you know, WWE and I, I really don't know our, our relationship. So Ray just recently, as you guys know, signed a new contract with WWE as we record this uh, late in the fall of 2018. And speaking of Ray Mysterio and why I brought up episode 619, which was the last episode, as this episode is 620, you need a fucking roadmap to follow me here, um, Ray Mysterio uh, parted ways right around the time I did this episode from 2015 that you're fixing here. 
the one where Joe is the guest. So I give my thoughts on Rey Mysterio parting ways with WWE. So, and now that we see Ray back in the fold at WWE, as we're in 2018, and he's going to, you know, re-debut at uh, uh, SmackDown 1000 in Washington, D.C. next week. And obviously Samoa Joe is just flourishing fucking immensely in WWE, which I'm so happy about in the business that him and uh, AJ Styles, I'm going Joey Styles, him and AJ Styles been doing has been awesome in WWE. So it's just great to see that success. So I don't know. I just was thinking, talking to my team of fucking producers that it might be best to do this throwback and give this to you friggin' people and let you people hear this from February 27th, 7th. I don't know why I said it like that. 2015. Uh, it's going to be a beauty. It's going to be a doozy. It's going to be a good one. I promise you that. Uh, you know, I, I, I love doing dropping these. I mean, initially I didn't doing the throwbacks, company said it does amazing numbers and that and i've gotten a lot of feedback from you guys had some private messages back and forth with you guys you guys seem like you like it that's what we do and that's what i i give you what you like so you know and i figure like i said ray mysterio is very topical now uh obviously samoa joe's been topical we're gonna go back several years back and uh and do this uh but listen i want to let you know the taz show is supported by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Yes, my good friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, and they are introducing their all-new, brand-spanking-new rate shield approval. Yeah, buddy. If you are in the market to buy a home, Quicken Loans will lock your rate for up to 90 days while you shop. That's the key. You got to say it slow like that. That's when you're doing like, you know, that's really hammers the point. I hate when radio guys do that. I'm starting to do it. I don't like it. Quicken Loans will lock your rate for up to 90 days while you shop. I really over-exaggerated that. So to get started, do this, guys. Go to rocketmortgage.com slash T-A-Z. That's rocketmortgage.com slash Taz. Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year person transactions. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply based on Quicken Loans data in comparison to public data records, equal housing lender, license in all 50 states. NMLS Consumer Access.org, number 3030. That's a rocket mortgage. Yes. So, uh, like I said, we're fixing to go right to break here in a second. You guys will, uh, you know, hear from Samoa Joe here in this episode. Again, this is from Samoa Joe when he left TNA, which was, it, you know, it wasn't like a beautiful parting of ways. Let's put it that way. But but Joe took the high road for the most part, as did I, kind of, if I remember <laughs> several years ago so again i hope we did whatever i mean joe's doing great in wwe he don't care i'm just you know i try to play nice with my bullshit i don't really play that nice but uh and also thoughts on ray mysterio from when he left wwe several years ago so enjoy this little throwback gimmick here of episode 11 of the taz show from february 27th 2015 enjoy guys and let me know if you like it hit me up on the twitter at official taz or the taz talk on the ig or as the kids call it the gram. Sit tight. Be right back.
no-nonsense New York swagger to the podcast world. This is Taz. The mood is about to change. The human podcast machine. You're not afraid of a little competition, are you? Hey, gang, what's going on? This is he, Taz, the human podcast machine. And I want to say hello and hope everybody's well. Thank you all for downloading this episode of HPM and or subscribing. I do appreciate it. Appreciate all the support you guys and love you guys have been giving uh, the podcast. So very much appreciate it. Uh, thank you. Can't thank you enough. Without you guys, it don't happen. And, you know, you hear that a lot, and that's the truth. You hear a lot of different podcasters say it. Um, I, you know, I know in my instance, it's definitely, uh, in my situation, I should say, it's, it's definitely the truth. So thank you. Uh, so in this episode here, dropped it a little early, uh, earlier than normal, but we're going to have the Samoan Submission Machine, Samoa Joe, will be uh, the guest on here, and he will talk about his uh, recent you know, uh, of not coming to terms with TNA Wrestling, his departure from TNA Wrestling. So that'll be a discussion uh, that Joe and I will have. And um, and, and we're just going to have, a, a you, know, a, you know, after that point, just a conversation. It's just like you're kind of eavesdropping in our conversation. That's my deal, guys. You know, I don't sit out here with nuts and bolts interviews, and uh, I, that's not what I'm about. I'm about having a conversation with guys and, and, or gals and from the biz or whatever, and, and just it's almost as if you guys are eavesdropping in on people from behind the scenes of the business type type gimmick. That's kind of my deal. Um, so some old Joe will be on here and give some insight to what the heck's going on, what his goals are, possibly his future. Uh, and, and uh, as you know, everybody knows that he's got some dates set up a Ring of Honor. Uh, so that then we'll just discuss that. Uh, we'll just also I think uh, <laughs> Joe's going to give some uh, some of his opinions, which is pretty funny, um, to you know, about ECW and about uh, what he thinks of some of the original ECW guys like uh, myself or Tommy Dream. And um, Bully Ray, Sabu, Van Dam, and and rest of the guys. It, it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty funny. I got to tell you, <laughs> it's pretty good. And then also in this episode, it's going to be a Taz tale at the end uh, after the Samoa Joe interview is done. The Samoa Joe interview is more of a two-parter. And after the Samoa Joe interview is done. There'll be a Taz tale that uh, basically I, I go over um, the push that should have been, uh, that push that was supposed to be, I should say. That's what it should be called in the WWE for yours truly. So I will talk about that in Taz Tales. Uh, and other thing that's topical right now, uh, you know, is, is about Rey Mysterio. I got to say, I was uh, very surprised to hear that about Rey Mysterio. Um, being done with the WWE. Uh, Ray's had an amazing career in general, and I got a feeling his career is far from over, but Ray's had a great career everywhere he's been, uh, from WCW, his short stint in ECW, and of course the WWF into WWE. Uh, just an amazing run for Ray. I was a little surprised. I, I, I thought Ray would be there uh, you know, almost to the end end, even though there's been a lot of scuttlebutt for the past few months about Lucha Underground and him, uh, close to the friendship with Conan and whatnot, and, and just the connection of Lucha Underground and what Ray Mysterio is and where he's from and uh, as a luchador and all, and, and, and his success he could have potentially at a Lucha Underground. So we'll see if that comes forward, which I assume it will, but who knows. Um, there's a couple things I want to talk about, though, with about Ray. Again, I I am surprised um, because uh, he's had, like I said, so much 
of a push in a great way and well-deserved uh, for Ray um, and done great with the WWE. And I think the WWE did an amazing job promoting and pushing him for all these years the way he did. And and Ray was one of, uh, just another guy, not, not, not the only, but just another guy who took the whole, well, if you're not a gigantic six-foot-six guy, you're not going to get pushed in the WWE and make money. Ray proved everybody wrong on that. Ray kicked ass and took names in the WWE and did amazing. And and I I haven't talked to Ray in a long time, but I always considered him a great guy, a great friend. Um, uh, when my son was little, I remember going to shows, uh, you know, bringing my son to some of the Nassau Coliseum shows when he was little, like, you know, eight, nine years old, and Ray would just take, take the hood off his face, his own face, after he just wrestled a mask and just give it to my kid. And just hooked them up with stuff all the time. I mean, Ray was just one of the, just a good-hearted guy, uh, a great person. Um, uh, I, I miss Ray. I wish I could have stayed in touch with him. Uh, but sometimes when guys leave the WWE and you're still in the WWE, it's almost like you're in the WWE, you're in an island uh, with just the WWE guys on that island. Like, no one else is around that island. It's, it's hard to explain. One day I will here on HPM. I'll explain it. Um, but... Anyway, so he, he is not with the WWE no more. Now, a couple things. With Ray, uh, I also was a little bit, like, taken aback that WWE just put out, like, a statement that just said, and I'm paraphrasing, but it was a simple statement of, uh, Ray Mysterio is no longer under, con- under contract to the WWE, something to that extent. A one-sentence, cold, hard bullet news bulletin. Boom, done. There's our statement. We're moving on. That's kind of was the attitude of of them. I I, I, uh, I was a little surprised at that. I understand business is business. This guy's had an amazing career there. Uh, I, I understand things happen. When, uh, let me delve into that a little bit. When I say business is business, I've been through contract negotiations. I've been through headbutting with companies with contracts, <laughs> uh, for, you know, many times, and. Sometimes when things don't come to you don't come to terms, uh, there's kind of um, uh, disdain on each side, heat on each side. You know, the company's maybe mad at you, you're maybe mad at the company, and now with the power of social media, we go public with things. Companies do, talent does, not just in wrestling. This is in pro sports, acting. Every yeah, you know, we we know uh, as we're trolling all of us, we're trolling social media looking for the latest news bulletin or breaking news and yada yada so no matter if it's in entertainment or, or society and culture whatever it's in you know uh, real life the business world so it's the same with wrestling right and and so i i just feel like you know they the wwe was kind of cold in their statement saying that he's just done on the contract no more and he's gone after this run this whole success everything he's done in the company um the amount of money, the millions the company's made and Ray has made. <laughs> How do you not just put a better statement out? But again, what I'm saying is business is business. What happens is the co- I don't know this. This is just my speculation. So please don't don't quote me wrongly here. I'm just giving you my speculation and my opinion. I mean, what happens a lot of times is it sounds to me just reading between the lines, and this happens a lot, where they could not, and, and you know, this is not news breaking, but they couldn't come to terms with Ray, obviously, and maybe they felt Ray was asking for too much, maybe Ray felt they wasn't getting offered enough, who knows, maybe he wanted out, they didn't want him out, and all this kind of jazz, that could be too, but I, I, I wish that we were able to 
put that stuff aside, show the right face publicly, do the right thing for the wrestling fans, and acknowledge this guy, Rey Mysterio, his amazing accomplishments, what he's done, and the opportunity we have given him, let's say if I'm the WWE I'm speaking as, you know, I, I think you can't just blow that off. I just think that's that's just, to your WWE universe, you, I think you got to be a little bit, you know, you, you got you to gotta give a little bit more of a positive statement. Um you know, I really do. Uh, I don't care if it's TNA, Ring of Honor. I, I'm not saying those guys have done that. Whoever, someone leaves a company who has a great legacy. I think, you know, I think you got to put that out there. You, 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 that's your obligation as a company. And I also think the talent, uh, on the other end, should say, hey, thank you. I mean, if you look as of recent, speaking of Samoa Joe's in this, this episode, I mean, uh, that was done between Samoa Joe and TNA Wrestling. Joe put out a tweet thanking the company. The company put out a tweet thanking Joe. I mean, and 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 everybody. Needs moves on no problem that's that's just just right business and i'm saying wwe usually they do right business um i don't know man i mean this thing must have got a little heated behind the scenes who knows uh i know there was some rumors that ray wanted out and they wouldn't let him out i gotta tell you uh i'm gonna throw a flag on that i i in my opinion i think that that I don't know how true that is. Uh, not just Ray, but anyone. I mean, I, the WWE, just like any other company, not just wrestling, any other company in the world. Guys, look at it as a relationship. If you want out, if you, let's say you're a guy and you're with some girl, and you're with this girl for six months, you don't want to be with this girl no more, and you tell her, "I want out." That's it. I'm, I'm, I want to break up. I'm sorry. I know I broke your heart. Whatever. That girl, nine out of ten times, she's going to be upset. Obviously, she's going to try and convince you to stay. But at the end of the day, she's not going to want you to be with her. If she's got a brain, she's not going to want you to be with her if you don't want if you don't want to be with her. And it's the flip side. If it's if it's a chick, that's some guy. You know what I mean? Like you, you, you got to want to be there. And I know the WWE, the, from Vince McMahon down, the pride in that company. If you don't want to be there, no problem. Here's your unconditional release. You're out. You know, I, I, I again, I'm not speaking for. I'm not knocking Ray. I'm not knocking anybody. I'm just saying that was what. I've always felt it was there, and I think in any company. I know in ECW it was like that. You know, I really, I mean, when uh, when I left ECW and I told Paul, I, I got, I'm leaving, I'm, I got to go, you know, he didn't want me to leave, but he didn't beg me. He was like, no problem. You know, I mean, because you got to have your pride, and, and WWE has not succeeded and, and flourished this many years without having that type of pride. So I don't know, man. I don't know if I believe the fact that they f- – and I'm paraphrasing, kind of, that they forced, WWE forced Ray to stay in a company or whatever. Ah, or or, they, or they, they, they wouldn't let him leave. And it's not like that, man. It's it's uh, Unless things have changed there, which I, I don't think it has. From what I heard, it hasn't. You want out, you, know, you can get out. Now, you can get out, but, and there's a big but, and I think there's a but in this situation. Everybody's like, well, Ray's going to have to go into Lucha Underground and do all this stuff and everything with Conan. And I think that'll happen eventually. I think it'll be great. I, I, and I do. And I, I think Ray could end up anywhere he wants. Ray's that good. Ray could be in Ring of Honor. Ray could be in TNA. Ray can go to Japan. This guy keeps himself in great shape. His body's in good shape. He's got banged up a little bit like most of us, but he's still rocking and rolling. And he looks great. And, and from, from right here, is, you know, I understand his work is still very crisp. And what, the last I've seen him on TV, so... I think that this guy can go to Japan, Ring of Honor, TNA, Lucha Underground. He can go anywhere he wants. You know, really, I, I, I mean, depending as long as they come to terms on money, this guy can go any place he wants. From an in-ring talent ability, he's obviously a big enough superstar. There's no doubt about that. But And he's a box office attraction. But I, I, I'm telling you, man, like, 
I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. Because there's a little something called a non-compete. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's got one of those. We all have. So we've all had been through that with WWE where you're on a non-compete, man, and you got to just chill for whatever that is. They, they, they fluctuate. Could be 60 days. Could be 90 days. Could be 30 days. Could be 45 days. Everybody's got different language in their contract. So, I mean, some guys, I, I'm sure it happens. They don't have a non-compete. I would be shocked if Ray does not have a non-compete. That would shock me. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not his attorney. I'm not his agent. Haven't spoken to the guy in years. But I'm just telling you, from my experience, I'm pretty sure there's usually there's non-competes, and especially a talent to the level of a Ray Mysterio. So, again, my speculation, I, I, hey, for Ray, I hope I'm wrong, and he can just go to Lucha Underground tomorrow or go to Ring of Honor tomorrow or go to TNA tomorrow or go to wherever, New Japan or go wherever wherever it is that, that Ray, and it's good for Ray and his family. Uh, God bless him, and I only wish Ray the best, and I look forward to bumping into him one day again soon uh, because I, I, I truly uh, I love the guy. I really mean that, and, and I just think... Um, I just think he's, uh, I'd love to say he's underrated, but he's not. He's highly rated, and rightfully so. So uh, it'll be interesting, exciting time, not just to see where my guest in this episode, Samoa Joe, ends up, but to see where Rey Mysterio ends up. So that's what's interesting. You know, the, then we just saw that recently with Albert Del Rio and, and uh, Alberto Del Rio, where we didn't know where he was going to end up, and he ended up in Ring of Honor first, and he got Lucha Underground. So when guys leave, and, and, and you know what I mean? So it's kind of interesting to see, and we'll discuss that a little bit with Joe, too, where that, that mystique kind of is coming back because there's more competition now. There's more companies for guys to work for. It's not a, uh, it's not a one or two wrestling company show anymore. There's a little bit more uh, places to work. You know, it's not the only game in town is not TNA. The only game in town is not WWE. It's not like that anymore, guys. So, which is great for wrestling fans. And quite frankly, it's great for people who earn a paycheck from the wrestling business like yours truly. So, anyway, enough of that long-winded open. Uh, We're going to get to the Samoa Joe interview right after this break. Stay tuned. Samoa Joe coming at you. So let me ask you a question. You think we do this show for free, right? It's just like for free because you downloaded it. Well, it's time to pay the bills. Relax. All right, we are back right here on the Human Podcast Machine. As I said, the Samoan submission machine is here, and yes, he is. Joe, what's going on, bro? How you doing, baby? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How about yourself, guys? Good, bud. Good, good. So listen, man, obviously, you know, everyone wants to know what's going on with Samoa Joe. For those that don't know, you know, uh, you and TNA could not come to terms. You guys parted ways, and, uh, you know, uh, recently. So, and you really haven't done that much chatter or talk about it, Um I mean, what I, I, I mean, the latest I've heard on you is that you're going to do some events for for Ring of Honor, which is awesome. Going back to your your roots for the most part, and I know you're going to talk about that a little bit too. But maybe you could just bring us through uh, any way of describing to your fans and fans of my show, like what went on, what's going on, in any way you want to do it. The floor is yours. Um, you know, you know, it, it just kind of came down to uh, you know, it, it was a variety of reasons and. and uh, I mean, I can't really say it was one one or two things in particular. You know, it was kind of a, a compounding of, of, of different reasons uh, for me personally, professionally, um, and in my dealings with TNA. Um, I've had a great business relationship with TNA for, for nine years, and um, and uh, I look fondly uh, back on that. But uh, you know, this latest contract, 
kind of going back and forth and, and seeing, um, you know, where where the company was and, and where I was in my life and and kind of you know realizing uh, you know what the, what the fa- what some of the fans, especially you know uh, fans of mine, fans of, of uh, wrestling in general, uh, you know, kind of had out there. You know, I took a lot of factors into account, and um, you know, I just uh, we uh, you know we decided to part ways. Well, I mean, and I and I think a lot of people were surprised on that. You know, I uh, I you know I know I was surprised. Um, you know, a lot of people that work for TNA were surprised. A lot of people outside of TNA were surprised. And, um, you know, I think because you had such a, a great career there and you, I mean, geez, I mean, the amount of championships you've held in TNA, but for those that are just TNA fans, I don't think they realize, you know, how much you accomplished before even going to TNA years ago, you know, and what you did in Ring of Honor and, 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 and prior, you know what I mean? Like, so, I mean, and, and speaking of Ring of Honor, now that you're <clears throat> kind of, uh, it was an announcement made, I believe, by Ring of Honor that you're, you're going to do some shows, some dates for them. So, I mean, that's got to be a great feeling, I mean, for you. I mean, so, so talk about that a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Ring of Honor is, uh, you know, something that I take a great deal of pride in uh, when it comes to my career. I mean, uh you know, we we faced some really rough times. We had some really great times there, and uh, you know, I'm I'm proud to say that you know we we myself along with several other wrestlers, um, you know, uh, Daniel Bryan, the Punks, right. the Homicides, uh, you know, the the Roddy Strong, the Aries. I mean, uh, you know, we we built that company kind of from the ground up. Uh, low key, another big part of it. Uh, you know, in the, in the initial stages. And uh, Dude, just think. Let me just interrupt. Just think about those names you just said, including yourself. The amount of ability and credibility and showmanship and athleticism and intensity in those wrestlers you just named, from low key to CM Punk, uh, Austin Aries, yourself. I mean, just just homicide. I mean, God, man. That, to me, as a guy from the generation before your generation, you know. It gives me goosebumps because I remember my generation of of the guys that were hyped for, and rightfully so, and you know, just, and and kind of had grassroots like like the names you just mentioned. It was I just wanted to point that out. It was very cool to hear you say that. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and it's uh, you know, I said it, it was a real special time, and it was a real uh, meeting of a lot of tremendous young talent uh, that kind of all ended up in the same place and, and working towards the same goal. And uh, you know, we did some really fantastic things and. Uh, you know, I'm looking forward to going back and, uh, you know, kind of reigniting the fire down there and, uh, you know, getting things going again. I mean, there's, they have a new crop of really great young talent down there and guys who are, you know, real hungry and, and, and you know, extremely skilled. And um, yeah. I'm looking forward to matching up with some of them. Yeah, I mean, the, the business model of Ring of Honor, I've always been a fan of it. I mean, I, I, I you know... You and I have talked off air about it in the past, uh, you know, about about both of our loves for Japan, for re- pro wrestling in Japan, and how they've done a great job of selling the sport end, meaning like New Japan, for example, the yeah. sport end of professional wrestling. And I think Ring of Honor, especially during your time there, really did a great job with doing, you know, selling the sport end of pro wrestling. Well, and I think it was a product of the time because you know, right around that era of, of, of when we were all coming up. I mean, uh, ECW was kind of the only alternative uh, outside of the, the the two big major companies. And uh, you know, when that was gone, uh, there was this real big void kind of left in the Northeast, and and, and basically across the states. You know, of, of, of fans who uh, were kind of they, they loved a, a more uh, I guess you know sports style of wrestling. And because of that, you had a lot of guys who kind of made their bones overseas and, and had trained over there and in the dojos over there and, and, and had brought back kind of that kind of sport mindset um, to, to their wrestling. And, uh, you know, it all ended up in, in Ring of Honor, and, I mean, it worked out. 
Two other major guys got to mention that kill me is you know AJ and Chris Daniels also. I mean, majorly instrumental. Oh God, yeah, yeah. my bad too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, you know, Chris Daniels would. He would yell at you so much you'd get a cauliflower uh, yeah, ear. Yeah, and I got a, I got to travel in a car with him soon. Oh, you know, bless your heart. <laughs> bless your heart. And no, I love Daniels. I'm joking. He's just a maniac. He's just insane. Um, <laughs> but in a good way. You know what I mean? Like, uh, <laughs> very passionate. Um, you know. So look. So obviously the chatter about you the past couple of weeks, dude. It's like you're you're the hot free agent. You know what I mean? And it's like. Man, there are so many different. There's so much different speculation on what any different wrestling promotions can do with a Samoa Joe right now. You know, which I think is so friggin' cool for a guy like you with your legacy already that is built, and that you're still, you know, just whooping ass in the ring. And I mean, I, I don't want to put you on the spot and say. Where do you see yourself fitting best? Because I, I know I wouldn't want anyone to ask me that. I could never ask a fellow wrestler that. Um, but I got to say, I mean, if you look at like an NXT, for example, if you look at like a WWE, I mean, on those cards, I mean, there are, there are different, especially in WWE and main roster, there's so many different people they could pair you to against. Or, 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 or uh, it, it just, you know, it's a credit to you the way you've built your career, your persona, your character, and your style, you know, bringing that MMA style into pro wrestling, into your world for so many years, and now uh, MMA is such a, you know, it's a, it's a uh, household word now, you know, in mm-hmm. sport. So it's just a great time for you, I would assume. Uh, I mean, it is. I mean, I, I got to admit, um, I was a little bit surprised and overwhelmed um, by the response and, and the offers and the opportunities that have come up. And, uh, you know, like, it, it's funny, a, a lot of people are, you know, trying to figure out, you know, where I'm heading to next, what I'm doing next. I mean, in, in all honesty, I'm, I'm, I'm really and truly just kind of, uh, uh, kind of sitting back and taking stock and trying to take it all in. I mean, it's been a, it's been a whirlwind of a week and a half, I guess. And, uh, I mean, uh, I'm just trying to, you know, figure out what, what the best fit is for well, not only me, but, but for Bro, isn't that, isn't that what veterans do, right? I mean, you're, you're not a rook. You know I mean? That's what yeah, veterans do, right? Yeah. You sit <laughs> back. Yeah. <laughs> No, I know. Really, I mean, I'm, the situation I'm, I'm, and then uh, make the best choice. And honestly, like you know, wherever I do head, I want it to be a, a great fit for me. But I want it to be a great fit for the company that I'm that I'm working with. So um, I think that's a, those are the questions that we're trying to answer right now. Yeah, yeah, and, and again, I I think it's very exciting to see where. I mean, I'm gonna be frank. I mean, I was watching Raw this past Monday, and it was out of Nashville, and I'm like, man. I wonder. I'm I'm sitting there like like a fan, like wondering if Joe's going to come out, like you know. <laughs> so, but you didn't. But that's cool. That's okay because you you you, you want to have that mystique. You know that's important, and it's almost like a lost. You know, I mean, I remember like uh, uh, not to be self-serving here, but like when I debuted in WWE and the way they debuted me and building me up on a video wall with the boom, 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 and before that, Chris Jericho. You know the way they mm-hmm. built him up with the countdown, and and you remember during that time. The business was so hot, and you didn't know who was going to end up in WWF, who would end up in WCW, who would leave ECW, who would end up in ECW, who would leave WWF and go to ECW. You know what I mean? It was like, it was such a cool time, and you don't see that as much anymore, and I think with a a cat like you, I think that's there again. You know, where is this guy going to end up? Will he end up back in New Japan? You know, will he end up back in Japan? Will he end up in the States? Will he just stay at Ring of Honor? You know, will, will he end up at NXT? Will he end up at WWE? Will he go back to TNA? You know, hey, maybe he, maybe he ends up at Lucha Underground. Nobody knows where Samoa Joe's going to end up, which makes it very cool. 
Well, yeah, I appreciate that, man. And uh, yeah, I think I think it's the situation's uh, kind of a microcosm of the one that you described when when you guys were were, were, were switching companies and stuff. But uh, you know, like I said, man, I'm just I'm really looking forward to some of these opportunities that are coming up, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh, you know entertaining fans and uh, our new platform. Yeah, man, and and that's it's. Uh, I know when I left um, ECW to go to WWF, it was a very. Uh, it, it was like it was weird, you know. I felt excited. I felt re-energized as an in-ring wrestler, and I'm assuming you feel that same way because you're excited to bring your brand of pro wrestling to to a, a new ring, a new a new genre. You know, what I mean, a new fan base, I should say. You know, no disrespect to your fan base in TNA, but you have fan base worldwide. So I mean, you know, so it's like I, I just think it's kind of cool that. Where, like when, when Del Rio, when Del Rio left WWE, right? No one knew where he was going to end up, you know what I mean? And like, and I, I believe it was Ring of Honor was the first one to drop that he'd be doing spots for them, you know what I mean? So I think that's cool, but I think what yours is kind of building a more of a mystique, you know? It's, it, it's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, like I said, I wish I could sell the world more. Uh, in a lot of ways, I wish I, I couldn't. But uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, the, the uh, I mean, uh, you know, the the, the decision still uh, still out there. And uh, like I said, we will try to find the best fit. Well, I think you will. And uh, we're gonna go to break, Bo. Come right. We're gonna come right back with some more of Samoa Joe. We'll be right back right here on the Human Podcast Machine with Joe. Hey, the Human Podcast Machine will be right back. Okay, welcome back. I am Taz. This is the Human Podcast Machine. Samoa Joe's my guest. And I got to tell you, bro, when I heard, when I was in debut in TNA back in the day, and I heard that they were going to align me with you, mm-hmm. and I was stoked, man, because I was a fan of it. I never met you. I mean, people think that we go way back, you and I. And we actually don't, you know? Yeah, and no. and uh, No, we don't. We really don't. I mean, but I, I uh, always was a fan of... Your style. I mean, and I, I always just respected it. And once I knew I was going to get a chance to work with you, I thought it was like the coolest thing. And I'm, and I was saying to myself, I wonder if this guy probably doesn't want to work with me. I, I always wondered that. You know what I mean? It's weird. Uh, I didn't. But... <laughs> <laughs> you prick. <laughs> You're too much. It was man. too open. I'm sorry. I know. I threw softball. You softball. You know softball. You know softball. You're gonna get hit out of the park. No. Um, no. I was stoked. I, I was actually. I was. I was really excited because. Uh, and, you know, for, for whatever you can say, I mean, I mean, it's funny. I grew up on the West Coast. We did not have ECW. We didn't have a lot of ECW. But I knew who Taz was. Yeah. You know. I, you know. I, in fact, you know, you've heard me all day. You know, I, I always hit him with the promo. Your easy pass promo still pops everybody. <laughs> That I know is the big. Oh, you don't think I can get from Brooklyn to Queens? Easy pass, brother. That's the best stuff ever. So Bro, like, I don't know if anybody remembers you know. that. Yeah, you know, I, I know what you're talking about. I, I, yeah. Jeez, do we have but to expl- I mean, but, Should we explain you know, that? I'll explain that down the road. Wait, Seth, yeah, yeah. my producer's here. He's shaking. Say something, Seth. What's up? I want to know what you're talking about. <sighs> Now we got to talk about the promo. This is Joe's interview. I did a promo. Yeah, no, tell, tell, tell about the promo. It's a great promo. You're gonna have to help me, Joe, because I, I actually I probably forgot most of it. I don't know who I was talking about. Yeah, all I know. Yeah, it, it, was, it was so long ago, but it was just you know Taz in typical threatening fashion. They're <laughs> saying you don't think I can get from Brooklyn to Queens? You don't think I can find you? And then he pulls up his easy pass. I pulled easy out pass, yeah. brother. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when they were getting popular. And I, uh, I we were doing shows in Queens, and um, I don't know who I was talking. It was probably like Sabu or somebody, and I don't know. It was like the timing of the, the storyline. Like I couldn't get to from Brooklyn to Queens in time to whoop somebody's ass, and I pulled out 
you know, and again, I got Eve Heyman credit. It was his idea. Because use the easy pass. And I go, and we did this promo at like 3 o'clock in the morning in Westchester in the guy's basement, uh, you know, that used to shoot TV for us. I'm like, dude, easy pass. Because, yeah, it's the new thing, the easy pass thing. Use it. You have one? I go, yeah, I have one in my car. Go get it. I go out to the car. It's snowing, right? I, I got to get the easy pass. I go, Paul, are you freaking serious? You want me to use this? He goes, yeah, yeah, easy pass. I got to get <laughs> Truth well, be told, Joe. A year and a half later in a garage in, in somewhere in California, the three dudes sitting around a TV watching VHS of, of ECW and that popped. I lost my skull. I'm like, you blew that as easy, man. <laughs> 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 So I'm glad I could be in uh, Department of Motor Vehicle and Taz was a big influence on you, Joe. Um, yeah, well, no, but you are, but you are. And it's funny because I think you feel the same way. When you got the business, you started looking at guys that you really, really like. Uh, I'm sure, you know, Bad News Allen, LaBelle, all those guys came to the forefront. And yep. later on, it was funny afterwards. It's like, oh, he was a judo player. And it was just like, see, yeah, see, I knew. I knew. That's <laughs> yeah. a good judo brother right there. You can't, you can't stop that. You know, judo guys, you know how they, you know oh, how yeah. they strut and they walk. A little bit different. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, yeah. It's cool, but I was, dude, I was excited. I because I, you know, I, I, I'm very protective, like I'm sure you are. We all are of our credibility, yeah. you know, because when you build credibility. And once I knew I okay, I'm gonna be new in the, in this in TNA, and okay, wow, oh, you want to you want to put me with Samoa Joe? Okay, well, I'm not worried about credibility now. I'm in good shape. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and, and I and then I, I'm watching your promos. I'm doing my research on you, and I'm like, this guy don't need me to talk for him. You know, <laughs> really, you know. But I think it was just the, the whole look of it. The whole at the time we were doing the main event mafia, if you remember, and um. Mm-hmm. And it kind of was a good fit. And speaking of your promos, I mean, your promos, bro. I mean, you're you're you have a vast knowledge of the English language. I mean, you have very good grammar. I have to give you that. You have a lot of uh, vernacular. I think is the word they say. I've, I've, I've read a few books. I've read a few. All books. right. No, I, you know, yeah, man, I, I love doing promo work and stuff too, man. It's just. Uh it's funny, man. It, 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 being a really hyper aggressive, uh, I guess, persona in the ring can can also get to me get in the curse. Get to the sense that you know people know what to expect from you. It's a curse to the fact that sometimes it overshadows a lot of other things that you might be incapable of doing. So uh, yeah. let me ask you a question, bro. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. What would you want to like? Once you're done and you 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 know hang up the boots as the cliche goes and you're done, would you want to still be involved with the business behind the scenes or you kind of would want to chill for a little while and be out of the business? Um, I, you know what? I, I, it's funny. I, I grew up in a show business family. You know, before I even stepped into foot in the ring. Talk about your dad. Every, yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that yeah. up. I know what you're going to say. Tell me about your dad. Yeah, my, my pops. I mean, he was. You know, he was. He started basically with the Asian Terrace in Disneyland. Um, Polynesian Chain around the world worked for the Ice Capades. You know, Sick. he that's just, so cool. He was a travel <laughs> traveling spirit man, and he just. Uh, he worked everywhere and did everything that, that could be done. Um, and it, conversely, you know, he started a Polynesian dance troupe with my mom. And, you know, my, my parents didn't believe in daycare. You know, you, you raise your own kids. It's a Samoan thing, I yep, guess, yep. you know. No, I hear you. And, uh, and uh, so, you know, he put us all to work. So, you know, from about the age of five till, you know, uh, 18, I mean, I, I worked full time in my parents' show, which was working all the time. And That's traveling. Cool. You know, I'd kind of been around the world twice before I'd ever stepped foot in a wrestling ring. Damn. And uh, you know, kind of coming from that background, you know, it's just uh, it, it 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 made me more than prepared for everything I'd see in the professional wrestling business. So I mean, uh, it, it it it's you know, it, it works to my advantage. I wonder if a lot of people know that about you, about your family's background, that being in the entertainment business, and and uh, God, you must have had a lot of fun as a kid being at Disney. Was Disney World, California, Disneyland, right? It's a Disney yeah, World, Disneyland, yeah. So you must have had a blast. You were always at Disneyland. I had to be quick. I probably got worn out after a while. Played out, right? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, yeah, it, 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 we practically lived there. I mean, it was just, uh, I mean, we'd go in the afternoons. We wouldn't go every day, but, you know, my dad, he'd work in the airlines in the morning, cut off, and he'd do five shows a night at Disney. Wow. And then he'd come back home, put us to bed, and on the weekends, we would do our own shows. So, I mean, he was constantly working, constantly being gone. So, I mean, uh, as far as being involved in pro wrestling and being in the business, yeah, I, I definitely see myself doing this. Uh, you know, in some capacity, or I do too. Helping out in some way, just because it's 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 kind of what I know and it's what I dig, and uh, you know, well, uh, it's all I've done all my life, dude. No, no, I know, and like psychology, as you know, is such a massive part of the success of any wrestler wrestling match wrestling company and you bring so much not just credibility and experience and high level of success in big match you drew money and i've always felt like there's a difference between a good worker and a money worker you know and you're 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 both you know but the key is the money worker and you've drawn money and that's a big deal you know and that that's the type of guy that you want like you know as an agent or as a lead agent or as a guy as a coach a trainer talking to to your younger talent coming up the pike. You know what I mean? And you, so you bring I, so that. when I put out my resume, like I can just put your number down. No, you can handle it. No. You're already doing a great job for me. I'm, no, I'm done, bro. I'm not putting you over anymore. I'm done. So. <laughs> You're right. I'm a genius, Taz. Thank you for letting me know. Damn, see, I was having, I wasn't having Jeez. an okay morning this morning. I'm having a great morning, man. <laughs> I'm a motivator, bro. I'm like the dude who does the the church thing, whatever his name is. Who's the guy? Seth the Joel Osteen. Joel Osteen. I'm like Joel Osteen out here, but different. Yeah. So from Red Hook. <laughs> that should be a new Twitter account. It's Rachel Coast from Taz. <laughs> but then, but then it's just really something sweet and inspirational. But then you end it with you dick or you putts. Like it'd be perfect. <laughs> you killing me? Oh man, dude! I wish, I wish back in the day. Um, I wish you were a, a, a wish you were older. Meaning, I, I, you would have fit in, bro. I hate to be that ECW guy, but fuck it, I'm gonna say it. You would have fit in perfectly. In our locker room back in the day, I promise you that you really would have. It's funny, man. I ran into Heyman at a Comic Con a couple years back. Yeah, and, uh, he gave me kind of the same speech. Really, and then Tom, and then Tommy said I would have too, but then he, then he uh, followed up with. But I probably would have hated you, so I would have fired you. <laughs> yeah, well, Tommy. Yeah, well, you know, Tommy. You know, Tommy. I, please, I can go on and on about Tommy. You know, Tommy. He's yeah, Tommy. Tommy. Tommy invented ECW. Tommy fired everyone. So I'm gonna, now I'm gonna bury Tommy. No, I love Tommy. I'm joking. Um, <laughs> all, I get, all you got. By the way, there's like there's like a holy trinity of Tommy barriers. Like you, Bubba, and and, and uh, just couple, there's a couple other guys. I'm sure there's more than a trinity, but it's just like you bring up that name and immediately it goes to Barry Dreamer mode. <laughs> and you had the opportunity to get to know a lot of us. True hardcore ECW guys like myself and Bubba, you know, Bully and, and Dreamer, Van Dam, Dude, I, Sabu, I mean, I, are we really that bad? We got to be. I mean, what, what does a guy like you think of those guys? Okay, you're, 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 not, you're not all insane if we were all Vikings. <laughs> like, shoot, legit Vikings, like on a boat raiding villages. Then you'd be totally, oh my like, God. at home and straight. That's but crazy. for, like, normal people, you're not adjusted at all. <laughs> I can't follow that. That's good stuff. A Viking. Oh, man. I know. I always wonder what people think of, because, like, I've been in, you know, like, if me and Bubba, and like, when Bubba was working in, in, in TNA, we'd be, like, in an agent meeting or production meeting. I remember Hulk Hogan would sit there and be like, you guys are just too much. Like, we were just, yeah. <laughs> just just, constant attacking, ripping, 
But we'd have comebacks. We wouldn't just bitch about something. We'd say an yeah. alternative, you know what I mean? And Hulk would just laugh. And just, he, he thought it was the most entertaining thing in the world. You know, and, and uh, you know, I don't know. I think it's just passionate. You guys, you guys, like, you guys like, interacting is equivalent to the two dudes at the beginning of the Beat It video who grab hands and have a switchblade plate. <laughs> like, it's just, like, immediately. It's never like, hey, how you doing? It's like, it it's always starts with an insult. And then it starts with, uh, uh, then there's a round of personal uh, uh, history being brought up and slandered and then it's all right well let's figure this thing out and then you guys start working together it's amazing oh bro you're hysterical <laughs> you're killing me it's hysterical bro that, that's great I, mean, I love it well look man I, I loved having you on here you got to come on again bro it just it's too much absolutely. too much fun bro I, I don't know what else to say to you it's just great it's been great getting to know you working with you calling your matches as an announcer is just a joy Huge fan of you, bro. Always will be. I love you to death, and and just continue success. Uh, I will. I will. I'm going to say as right as I can. And by the way, you know, hey, congratulations on all the success of the podcast. I know you're doing awesome. And I just want to warn everybody else doing a podcast out there, like, he's coming for your throats. Like, he, he acts all nicey-nicey, like, just enough nice. But this guy back here on this, he's he's serious about this. So, just, you know, he really he, he wants your spot. He wants your advertisers. Uh, he, he wants, if this was syndicated, he'd want your markets. And he'd still be brother, K-Fabe. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying, just beware. That's on the come up. He's taking no prisoners. Uh, on that note, um... <laughs> <laughs> on that note uh, <laughs> Joe I appreciate you bro and, and thanks for all the kind words and thank you for coming on here man I really do it was a great great time talking to you hopefully everybody out there loves uh, listening to our conversation and getting to know more about you awesome man appreciate it alright bro talk to you soon man alright see you break time and girls, pull up your stools. It is now time for Taz Tales. I'm so flattered, and I constantly hear about how great of a debut you had at the Garden for the WWE against Kurt Angle. Yes, I agree, and I cherish that moment. No doubt about it. But the way that I was supposed to debut and what I was supposed to be in the WWE was a whole nother story which never happened and that's what this Taz tale is about basically when Vince Russo was writing all of WWE TV uh, years back let's just call it WWF because that's what it was then okay so when Vince Russo was writing WWF's TV he um he was the one who basically courted me and uh, more or less courted me from ECW and recruited me and then we ended up coming to terms with Vince McMahon yada yada boom so i had about 2 months of time to discuss with Russo creative ideas Vince McMahon and uh, Kevin Dunn these guys like listen you got to talk with Russo come come up with different concepts please get get in the game here a little bit and and give some ideas of how you'd like to debut and what you want your role to be have some input i said awesome i do appreciate that so russo and i had a natural friendship and chemistry and um we talked on the phone all the time and at that time ken shamrock was really rocking and rolling for wwf and if you remember he had the lions then so the whole thing was going to be that i was stalking him and was gonna someone was gonna basically run him over with a car or something. He was gonna be out a while because he had to train for some legitimate fight, and I was gonna take over his lion's den. 
So that's that's what Taz was supposed to come in as a human suplex machine, uh, the keeper now of the Lions then for all these months until Shamrock comes back from his mixed martial arts run. And then he was because he was contracted still the WWF and he was going to come in and take the Lions then back from me and make it his own. And it was going to be a big buildup. That was really what was supposed to happen. Um, uh, you know, it ends up being that Vince Russo, as history shows, well, he left WWE and went to WCW and you know uh, that itself is another story and 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 that freaked me out a little bit because the guy who recruited me and the guy who really wanted me the guy who was the lead writer uh, was a huge fan of my work and my character and had all these high hopes for me that if Vince Russo does not go to WCW I predict that I probably would have had a lot better in ring success in the World Wrestling Federation. That, my friends, is a fact. <laughs> so uh, he had so much build up for me, which was leading to me and Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's where this was going. And it was a whole big thing where I was, you know, I was, some have dealt me as the, you know, the, 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 the Yankee version of Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, and we kind of came up in the business at the same time or from the same generation. Russo saw the, uh, the, the the connection and the parallels between me and, and Stone Cold. And uh, a good way to pole vault me was going to be with this whole lion's den thing. And that's how I was supposed to come in. And I, quite frankly, I don't think I've ever told this story publicly. So, But, you know, I remember uh, probably, I don't know, maybe a month before I debuted in the WWF, um, it was probably, I don't know, November or December of 1999, I was doing a radio show. Uh, as a guest with um, and and Bill Apter was uh, from Pro Wrestling Illustrated fame, uh, historian of the business, a great guy, a guy who helped me a lot when I was younger in the business. Bill Apter was also a guest on this particular radio show. We were on together. And um, I remember Apter said to me, hey, Taz, I got to ask you, uh, everybody knows that, you know, Russo. Well, a lot of people know he said that, that Russo was a big part of the reason why he left ECW and came to the WWF. I go, yeah, that's true. He goes, well, what do you think about the fact that he just left WWF and now he's with WCW? Silence. I'm like, what? <laughs> I didn't know that. He's like, yeah. I go, oh, man. I, okay. I said, well, you know what? We'll see what happens. I started the no sound. I'm like, well, no, it'll be fine. You know, I, I I don't care. It's all good. Well, as soon as I hung up the phone with that radio show, I called Russo, and I couldn't get him on the phone, and I was getting hot, <laughs> and then finally got him. I'm like, dude, what is the story? He's like, yeah, man, I just... I couldn't take it anymore. It would wear me down. It was just too much riding. This new SmackDown show is going to take a lot up of my time. Yada, yada, yada. I'm like, my man, you brought me in the company. You can't just leave. The guy who recruited you, you know? Because I don't know Vince McMahon loves you and all that. The agents love you. Don't worry. You're going to be grass. Okay. And I, I, have a, I had a very good line of communication also with Vince McMahon. So, you know. I remember a couple of days later, they were doing a, um, a Raw at the Nassau Coliseum. And I remember it very uh, detailed. Unfortunately, it was the night that Draz was was tragically injured um, and, and, and his match. And I, I was there that night. I wasn't performing. I was not technically, uh, my debut was going to be a month from then or two months from then, wherever it was. But I went to the Nassau Coliseum because I lived near the Coliseum and I... 
I wanted to talk to Vince McMahon uh, before the show. I didn't want to bother him during the show about the fact that, hey, Russo just left. Am I okay here or what? You know, that type of thing. And Vince McMahon and Shane McMahon both sat me down and reassured me it's all good. We, you know, we brought you in here, not Vince Russo. You know, it was us. And, and it made me feel good about it. He said, stick around the show, go to the truck, talk to Kevin Dunn, meet Kevin Dunn, you know, all this kind of stuff. And it was. It was very cool to hear that, you know, from Vince McMahon. So, uh, uh, but yeah, that, that that whole thing, if Russo doesn't leave, it's a whole different story, I think, for me. What happened, like, right after that, your first few months of WWE, and what, how do you feel like it was going to go? Well, I thought, I thought um, once I, uh, you know, uh, for those that are fans of my show here, the Human Podcast Machine, you heard a previous Taz Tales, where I talked about the next day after my debut at the Garden in Philadelphia with the three of the main agents. I, I knew that... Um, that they wanted to kind of revamp me a little. So I, I, you know, when you are a former multi-time world champion and you have a lot of years in the business and you go somewhere and you get revamped, that's usually a tough time. So, um, that's kind of what happened to me. Um, um, you know, I don't think that, um, that would have happened if Vince Russo was writing. That's all I'm just saying, because it's like a football player. Okay. If a high school football player is this great player, and a lot of schools are recruiting him, and he's a running back. And a lot of schools are recruiting him. But, you know, all these top schools are recruiting him. But then, you know, USC wants him the most. The uh, the offensive coordinator and the running back coach for UFC, I'm sorry, for, for USC, is all over this kid and his parents recruiting him for five, six months or whatever, and really recruits him, meaning watches him play a lot and tells him what, hey, look, you're going to play as a freshman here. you got a good chance to start as a sophomore. You'll get on the field as a freshman, but you're probably going to start as a sophomore because of the landscape here with the running backs at USC. My point in telling you this is that kid signs a letter of intent, letter of intent when he's a senior to go to that to USC, and now he's locked in to be a USC Trojan. And now, right before the fall, when he's about to step on campus at USC, that offensive coordinator slash running back coach leaves and goes to Alabama or to University of Florida or Texas. That kid now is dealing with a coaching staff that didn't bring him in. This specific position coach brought him in. That's kind of what happened with me. So basically, Eric Bischoff inadvertently, uh, indirectly screwed you over by hiring Vince Russo. <laughs> no, no, I, it always I, goes back I, to I Bischoff. Can't blame no, no, <laughs> I hear you. A lot of people want to blame Bischoff for a lot of stuff. I can't. I, I, I never had a problem with him, and I can't blame him for that. No, but I get the joke. I got you. Um, no, I, I, you know, look, everything happens for a reason. I have no regrets. I'm very grateful for the folks at WWE for what they've done with me and my career, and segued me and helped me become an announcer. I'm always going to appreciate that. Uh, please, that, 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 that's how I really feel. I just want to come out here with a segment like this, Taz Tales, and be real and be honest with not just fans of mine, but people that are fans of hearing a wrestler from my generation talk about the way it went down. Because I was fortunate enough to be in my prime during one of the hottest eras of the wrestling industry. You know, uh, uh, the late 90s uh, into the early 2000s. So I, I was very fortunate of that. You know, so I can speak on that from true experience. But, you know, that was it. I was supposed to take over the Lions, Dan, and me and Shamrock were going to knuckle it up and then move on to the Stone Cold one himself, Austin. But none of that happened. And uh, here I am sitting with Seth 
doing Taz Tales. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Until next week, I'm Taz. You're not. <laughs> <laughs>